Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One, two, there we go. We are recording. Oh no, that's embarrassing. That's been my ring. That's actually been my ringtone for about three years. Is that right? That's my brother. Yeah, yeah. Duncan, you've just embarrassed me. I'm in a room with Jerry from Succession and my phone's rang with a Succession ringtone. Can you call me later, please? Thank you very much. That's hilarious. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first, I guess, discussion episode of Previously On Succession, which we are calling Previously On The Boardroom. Uh, coming up very shortly, we'll be speaking to Joe Smith Cameron, a.k.a. Jerry. You will all have hopefully have watched season three episode one of succession if you haven't watched it yet do not listen to this episode just yet because we are talking about the events the plot the twists the characters uh from that episode um with my esteemed board members uh throughout season three um is he the is he the Roman or is he I'm gonna say he's the Roman of uh of previously on. It's it's journalist Chris Mandel who's responsible for me buying most uh of my house's uh kind of unnecessary purchases off the strategist.co.uk. Uh Chris, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm surprised you didn't introduce me as uh cousin Chris. <laughs> oh shit. Thanks for calling me Roman. As that's where you went straight away. Well, you'd look like you've got a little bit of kink, but we'll come on to that a bit later. And uh now, is this is this, is she a Shiv or is she a Jerry? We just don't know. Let's find out over the next nine weeks. Uh Grace Dent, hello, how are you? <laughs> Hey, I am very excited to be here. Thank you for having me. It's so nice to be able, able to speak about succession to people who really oh, love it. And it's just it's just a joy, isn't it? And I've got so much to say. Well, the tagline, the, 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 there's been this like marketing push for the tagline to be, or previous up to this, if you know, you know, mm, which wow. was this kind of like, as if succession was this kind of secret. I kind of feel as though it's a pretty bad secret because I think I don't, I don't really know anyone that doesn't like it. I know lots, I know a few people that haven't seen it yet, but I, know I don't people know many that, people that don't like it. I know people that desperately on about Saturday night said to me, do I have to have watched the other two seasons to enjoy <laughs> Sunday? Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then thought they could catch up, but they absolutely couldn't. But uh, no. yeah, yeah. It's God, it's good that it's back. I feel it's, like my life's living again. It's just wonderful. I think it's best that we just get straight into it. For me, I'm going to open up with, I love a season that starts literally seconds after the previous one ended. Talk me through the first 
five minutes of, of season three. I just instantly was so envious that it picked up straight away because they haven't had to live through the last sort of two years near enough. But I think it was just brilliant to just get straight into it. I mean, I rewatched Succession over the last year. So I kind of knew exactly where we'd left off and I was hoping that they would just jump straight into it. And they, I'm so glad they did because it, it was just so intense watching everything kind of fall into place and figuring out like everyone's reactions to things. I was also just really pleased that they referenced uh, Willa's play quite early on because I have been wondering over the last two years, what's going on with Sands? You know, last time we saw she chucked the iPad with the review off the yacht yeah. and they kind of mentioned this week that they're going to sort of try a hate watch PR angle, which I think is ingenious. It's going for the cat 2019 approach. Um, yeah. 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 The it was cats or the room, wasn't it? There's, that's your reference. <laughs> you were thinking of James yeah. Cord and I was thinking of Tommy Wiseau. Okay. <laughs> Do you know something, Chris? I think that was, it was the, the most perfect first five minutes of anything that I've maybe ever watched. It kind of hit all the spots, didn't it? Because you had Kendall, Starting season three in a bath of water. Well, it wasn't a bath of water. It was an empty bath, wasn't it? But that's how he started season two. And he ended season two in water as well. There's this theme that's gone through. It started again. He's in three. There's people knocking on the door wanting his attention. And he's lying there. And then suddenly he sits up. And to me, it felt like he'd been reborn, you know. And he was reborn. And he just... This was his episode and he kind of sits up and it's like that entire episode he's had where he's been in grief. He's out of grief, isn't he? Now he's out. He's managed to put a pin in the fact that he was involved in that death. But that bit where they're suddenly all on the tarmac. I love that. It's like the whole gang, the gang are back, aren't they? And everyone's there. And there's these, just these wonderful lines that are coming out, you know, Frank and them, they all kind of tumble out of the planes. They're trying to work out what's happened. I got fired and then she got fired and then she got a promotion and then I got rehired and then she got demoted. And there's this real kind of uh, war. Where are we going? Well, either New York or Geneva or London or Singapore or LA, you know? <laughs> There were two war rooms. One was in, I guess, that that kind of depressing airport lounge. Mm. And the other was in, beautifully, uh, was in Kendall's ex-wife's kitchen. Um, and him Perfect. kind of like going in saying, I did it for you and the kids. It was just like, oh, fuck off, mate. You are back. And he's like, come on. Rava um, will never give him an inch, though. Like, no. Rava is, I have real mixed feelings about Rava because I think that, you know, she could have, she could have probably did more, I think, during season two to help him. And I, I mean, I think we're meant to feel like a lot went on off camera before we got to know the family that we didn't yeah. see. She shouldn't have just, she shouldn't have let them into the house today. And then it just starts to snowball and snowball. So, uh, yeah. But what I loved is that she let them in, but she left out the big razors. Like that was a power move. She could have put those in a drawer and she was like, no, you put two and two together, pal. Yes. You know exactly what this implies. Is there a character? And this is, I think, one thing I'm trying to suss out throughout any of Succession is, is there any character that is not just 100% looking out for themselves? Oh, gosh. 
And I think the silence there is almost deafening. I've got to make a case for Cousin Greg because I don't, still don't really understand why he went with Kendall if he wasn't in on the plan to begin with. Like, I'm trying to figure out why he went when his, uh, his uh, grandfather threatened to cut him off last season if he stayed with Logan. And he's sort of not stayed with Logan now, so he's not going to get that. That He seems to be principally a good person, but also because he's such an idiot he's not going to come out of this well, right? Because I don't get why he would go with Kendall. I hope nothing bad happens to him. But if I were a scriptwriter of Succession, I'd be like, at which point are we going to make something really horrible happen to Cousin Greg just to really destroy everyone's hopes and dreams? I love that we found out a little bit more about um, Greg's mother in this form where Greg was very quickly cutting off her credit card and he was talking about things she'd been buying um, she'd been buying Nutribullets and was it a type of cryptocurrency she'd <laughs> yeah, been yeah. buying and he's going and she doesn't even like the smoothies next open question to both of you and a slightly contentious one now I don't think for one second Jesse Armstrong or any of the writers are the type to lean into fan service at all but having said that I found the comedy to be a lot stronger in this opening episode where it could have been it could have been quite dark and especially with Greg with cousin Greg it almost felt a little bit like oh my god we didn't realize how popular Greg the egg was going to be let's give him some more lines and let's make him a star I don't think they've done that intentionally because that doesn't strike me as their kind of style nevertheless right almost every line that cousin Greg said was a gag. It's really difficult for me to uh, criticise this episode of Succession because, you know, it is some of the finest writing. It was so satisfying to have all the gang back, you know, all these kind of great friends all s- suddenly back on screen. And I suppose the tension was so fantastic that maybe every time we went to Greg, to me, yes, I found I found it a bit like, okay, Greg's a bit daft, fair enough, we get it. And there was a l- maybe... A little bit too. I mean, I mean, I did love this idea that Greg jumps into the car and then Kendall says to him, "Right, are you ready to take the cultural temperature?" <laughs> <laughs> and what I want you to do is, you know, stick a thermometer up the nation's bottom, basically, and like tell me whether. And Greg's immediately like, oh, you know, like kind of full Mr. Bean eyes, trying to <laughs> monitor the world on Twitter. Right, I'll tell you what. It was pure comedy. Was when Logan rang Kendall and said. Um, basically, I'm going to grind your bones and make you bread. And Jess was in the middle of it trying to relay the messages. And it yeah. was just all a bit comedy time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was another little bit I noticed, uh, which was very thick of it, where Greg thought that the Pope had followed him and it wasn't the real Pope. Yeah. We love Cousin Greg. That's the thing. Yeah. This, this cousin Is it because we've got to know Cousin Greg as being funny? Yeah. Or was he funnier? This is true. Or are they? Yeah. Se- are you right, Jamie? Are they setting cousin Greg up and lulling us into a false sense of security? Chris, what do you think about that? What do you think about the comedy? What I felt was the real absence of him with Tom, which I think is when the comedy kind of works best when they're because they're both on the very, very outer um, ring of this unit, right? And when they're jockeying for some sort of relevance or swaying power. That's when they're really funny. I think I think um, Greg with Kendall is just a little bit of an unusual dynamic. I know we saw them. Uh, I think was it season one or two where they were sort of living together briefly. But like, I think it's just that yeah, they needed Greg to cut the tension. And I think also as an episode, 
there was just a little bit of like scene setting and I think he didn't have a lot of the like he didn't have a lot to do so he's his stuff just feels like it's kind of firing into the ether but I thought the bit where he sort of didn't really know how to go on Twitter was a little disingenuous because if anyone's going to be like knowing like what like influencers are saying what or like what funny people are like slagging off Kendall it kind of would be him I have to say I prefer sad Kendall to uh struck me I'm going to call him Koki Kendall because he, he he was a bit cokey Kendall today yeah. in, in episode one, I thought. And I prefer I prefer broken Kendall, I think. I've fallen in love with Kendall a bit, I yeah. mean, but hasn't everybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's, there's something about that character. You, uh, you feel for him, you feel sorry for him, you kind of forgive him. Uh, and, I mean, in my opinion, you ultimately kind of root for him. But yeah, I, I I kind of I loved the manicness of him today. You know, yeah. what I I mean, I was just not expecting bits like when you know when he started ringing everybody. So there's just all this kind of, and he's going shivy, 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 shivy. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, <laughs> Putting yeah, the phone yeah. down and then yeah. going, "Hi, Jerry, there's a place for you." And I thought that had a real kind of Nightmare on Elm Street feel to it. You know, it's it, it's really kind of gratifying to see uh, Kendall kind of get co- come into fruition as the per- as the person that Logan wanted him to be. I felt so satisfied by this episode that I know that the only way is down for me now, right? <laughs> I'm going to get my heart broken. We've not even touched upon Logan. I mean, throughout the whole episode, he's just lost. He doesn't know where to fly to. He doesn't know who to trust. He doesn't know where his kids are. You know, he felt, I think all of a sudden just looked very old and very worried. I mean, there was, there was a moment that, that I found it, that, that they just, that they realized that all the countries that he'd chosen are kind of like without, so you, you can't extradite into the United States. So he kind of. Sarajevo, Bosnia, Kuwait, the yeah, Vatican. The Vatican. Like, <laughs> get rid of the fucking Pope on the line. <laughs> For you, Chris, who was the star of episode one? Uh, oh, the star of episode one. That's a good question. Um, I, oh, that is a really good question. Okay, I'm actually going to go a little bit left field with this. Yeah. Um, Jerry. Okay. The reason is there was three people in the running for that job. Two of them didn't get it by shooting themselves in the foot. She stayed quiet. She kept her head down. She got the job. Like, Shiv and Roman span their mouths, they fucked it up for each other and took themselves out of the running. And I think that was really interesting. I think Jerry, you know, is exactly who the company needs to get them through this next crisis era. And I feel she was just really kind of slick. And even the way that like Roman kind of like messed his own chances up by mentioning how good she'd have been. I think, I think Logan was like, saw that as a weakness, but Jerry's kind of got him wrapped around a little finger a little bit. And I think that dynamic between them, like, I really want to see that go somewhere. So I think she was the the kind of MVP. I also want to give a shout out to Lisa Arthur, the lawyer that everyone was trying to get, who seems to have just taken the temperature of the whole family and has hedged her own bets on like where she stands to benefit from which client she takes on. And I thought, her scene with Shiv, where she kind of was like, look, I'm not your mate. I've yeah. signed with your brother. Like, please leave my office. Like, 
Shiv just completely snapped and went in really confident and just came out looking like a spoiled child. And I think this Lisa character, like really, really excited to see what she does. I think she'll kind of be in really fascinating presence to just kind of like sift out the family a little bit and have them fighting over each other. So those would be my two. Okay, well, we're going to, whilst, before I come to you, Grace, uh, we're going to hear from Jerry herself. I caught up with uh, Joe Smith Cameron uh, earlier on today. And uh, yeah, there might be a few revelations about that Roman uh, relationship. The shag that everyone's dying for. Here's Jerry. How are you? I'm well, thank you. And yourself? Yeah, excellent. Um how did you enjoy Friday? So Friday was the European premiere of Succession. I was, I was lucky enough to arrive and you looked spectacular. Well, thank you. Um, no, it was great. It was very thrilling. Do you find those evenings natural? Highly unnatural. Yeah. But this was quite festive. This one was a little different. How has is, how is the season launches uh, escalated since season one? I remember I interviewed Jesse about three weeks before season one aired, before the first episode. And it was like, in a tiny little room in an office in <laughs> Soho. Everyone's like, we've got this show coming out. Uh, Jesse, you might remember Jesse from, from like, you know, the Peep Show. I, you know, come and talk to him. And I was like, great, yeah, send me the first episode. Like, this is brilliant. Um, and then from that to, to last week was just kind yeah, of crazy. A bit it must different, have, yeah. must have been... I think they, I think, I'm, I don't know, but I imagine HBO felt sort of like we had such a, a long wait for yeah. season three uh, because of COVID and we how long it took us to... Uh, be safe to start it and then how long it took to do it because we had to short you know shoot shorter days and we had to stop occasionally because of covid so it took us a while so i think they maybe they wanted um to really premiere again as if you know just to bring everyone's kind of fresh relaunch yeah yeah there's a great photo circulating on social media today of you uh record uh, just a bit, waiting to kind of shoot a scene uh, i think lucy preble put it up uh, oh. one, one of the writers uh, oh i have to look and you're in like a little you're sat in like a oh, like your oh, director's oh. chair in like a little, a little you know, like the tent pod. that you put your dogs yeah. in on the beach <laughs> yeah <laughs> i remember those like, they didn't last long but they were good that day because it was quite chilly we're on a tarmac at an airport it was freezing so amazing it took game of thrones probably three seasons before all of a sudden it just set the world on fire and it feels like that with succession as well do you think the storylines have had to react to that. Do you think there's been any kind of reaction to like, oh my God, this is actually a big deal now? Did it feel different this time around on set? No, it didn't, oddly. I think um, it's, you know, I feel like the writers are so disciplined, like they don't pander to audiences. And uh, the actors are sort of, I don't know, it's such a good company that I feel like you're, you know, you always want to be in your best game with them, and that, so there's a kind of like, and it's different from being, you know, in a on in a play or if you're performing on stage and you're in front of an audience, it's different. But you can be quite in your own private world on a on a film set, you know. Every scene feels as though everyone's like sparring with each other. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of that. <laughs> I think someone asked a question, or there's a question on the on the stage at the premiere about about how much of how much Jesse allows improv and, and yeah and it's it's quite a lot it. right yeah yeah I don't know I think I don't know whether it gives them uh material or whether it's just it helps our performance it's also Mark Mylot our our producer director uh who's fantastic but um it's just, just part of the style of the show yeah and they often will take do a take after they've got it they'll do a free what that came to be known as a freebie which was just like now do what you want kind of yeah but the first few times of you know in season one mark would be like 
he'd say like, now mess it up. Yeah. Just put it in your own words and just feel a little freer with it. And it helps because the the show is written and it kind of, it feels sort of improvisational. Mm. Like it's written. I think that's why the question talk. was asked because you can't, you look at, you're watching it and you're just like, this, it feels like, the, you know, the way that the camera, like, you know, like mm-hmm. sudden, you know, crash zooms in and all yeah. that kind of like shaky handheld stuff. And yeah. then plus the style of the, yeah, of the yeah. it's, it's really difficult to tell. It's like, well, how much of that is actually written on the page? You know, it's yeah, quite, it's, I know. But, and they always have, they have like usually three cameras moving around. So really everyone is potentially on camera at any given moment. So, cause they do sort of pan around, and try to scoop up behavior that they might want to cut to. Does that that must make like, I mean that must make it a bit more like theatre because your your history is your your background is, is theatre the theatre yeah. acting isn't it Yeah it is it is more like theater, so I guess you're right and I think Brian Cox he described it as, as as trying to steal the scene all the time if you're in the background just making a coffee <laughs> I never thought of it that way at all <laughs> that gives me ideas <laughs> um, everyone in the UK uh, around the world will have seen episode one um, mm. and congratulations thank uh, you I think. It's, it, yeah. feels, it feels it feels <laughs> right. a bit like a poison chalice. Ah, uh, yeah. You are Jerry's, that or Jerry's just, acting CEO. Was that the, or, or much ado about nothing? Yeah. Yeah, I'm an interim CEO. Interim CEO, right? Which just feels a that's that's a bit of a double-edged sword, right? Right. Well, the first time she was offered was the very beginning of the series when right. when, when he's sick. When oh, he's of course, Ill. yes. Oh my god. And I'm like, no, thank you. Yeah. So and, what's changed? Well, I'm the person who who knows, and you know, Kendall doesn't yeah. in the first. Uh, first episode, second episode. About how much debt they were in. Yes. Yeah. So I don't didn't want the company in that shape. Yeah. Um, so I think now that's, it's, it's we're still in, of course, in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on. But I think that Jerry feels that she, um, it's a tense position to be in, but at least she is level-headed enough to make good judgments you know, judicial um, yeah. choices. Is there any character in succession at the moment as things stand that are not just in it for themselves? No, I can't think of any. I think that's the world of the story. Yeah. Is that that's what human nature is. And is that is that the solution to, to, to Waystar is that someone somewhere has just got to think of the company? Well, I think, I think, I think Jerry actually oh, oh, does oh, think okay. of oh, the company. That's, that's but pro- it's not, I, but it's, I think it's also, I, that's my best mm. defense is to, I mean, that that's my best position yeah. is to be, is to make sure the company survives. And it helps to have a little human puppy dog as well, doesn't it? <laughs> a little slime puppy. A little slime puppy. <laughs> yeah. uh, who is, is backing your corner, possibly not for uh, the best moralistic intentions. Right, exactly. Um, and we see Jerry almost pretend as though she has no idea what the hell he's talking about in episode one in relation to kind of like the the frizzle it really should cracks, we call it that's right it really cracks me up but, well i feel like in season two yeah jerry was surprised by it and went through a, a range of you know stages of reaction to it and that by now it's like she sort of ignores it and kind of trundles through is she trying to forget about it or is she just no, kind of putting it parking I, it <laughs> yeah i think she's trying to train roman into a close-knit relationship that's going to be good for a, a business liaison. I think she's trying to train him into being like a mentee, a protege. There, there are two things that, that strike me about Succession. Is, is, is that relationship between between Jerry and Roman and also uh, Greg the Egg um, strike me as two, as two, I guess, subplots that may not necessarily have been the original intention of the, of the, of, of the show, right. but have... But, but there must be a little bit of kind of like, oh, people are really digging this. 
we're gonna we're yeah gonna I mean I don't know I'm not sure what the writers think about that and I know that they I I, I really think Jesse doesn't believe in pandering to you know it, but I do think they enjoy letting things blossom like that yeah and you know why not it's fine. and was it was was it written was there was there was there a moment in I guess maybe season one it would have to have been where there were some scenes between you and you and Kieran where everyone was like oh hang on a second that was uh, yeah. that felt like a search category on a website <laughs> <laughs> well you know it's funny because I when I when I eventually rewatched season one the very first scene we had together which was the very first scene we'd we, either of us shot I believe that scene if you look back at it has all the seeds of everything uh, we mentioned flirting there's a kind of a it's very intimate i don't think any of us were aware of it can you sum up season three in one word if you if you were if you were reviewing season three if, um, if, if this was the day after uh, the season finale what word will the reviewers be using oh gosh well i mean it's like total war so. yeah it doesn't get any it doesn't calm it's, down there's it's no, like there's many factions there's there you know well, that's not even a good Well, we haven't even got through, we haven't even seen uh, Alexander Sussgard or right. Adrian Brody yet. So. Yes. Yeah. So there's many countries to be heard from still. Amazing. Thank okay. you so, so much for talking to oh, us. Uh, good luck. And I hope the interim CEO uh, beds herself in and doesn't give up without a fight. Thank you. <laughs> I think she intends to. <laughs> There we go. Uh, Joseph Cameron there, uh, clearly uh, under lock and key from HBO. There was like laser sights. It was like interviewing Jon Snow when you knew he was coming back to life. Uh, you're under pains of death, not not to mention anything. Um, hopefully I've not just sport Game of Thrones for many people there. Uh, but- <laughs> But I think I think the Jerry and Roman relationship, their flirtation and their kind of kink, was born out of seeing those two kind of riffing on riffing on the set. I think almost certain yeah. of it. You know, I I honestly I love that relationship, and not I mean we all do. But to me, I kind of take it quite seriously. I know it's funny. It was funny the first time we see it, and yeah, she's older than him, and yeah, she's kind of. Uh, she's known him since he was a little boy, as far as I can see. And yes, it is a kink of sorts because they're both filthy. They both share a, you know, a, a kind of filthy, um, but a kind of they they share a love for the same types of things. Yeah. And I rather I rather love them because you know during the first two seasons, what we've learned about Roman is that he. Uh, he he wants love and he's yeah. clearly really messed up. We've seen him masturbating against windows and doing all the things that he does. He just chances his arm one day and she yeah. she kind of just acquiesces. It, and it was like a tiny glimmer in the door and they both yes. kind of like, he pushed a little bit and she was just like, well, I'm not going to shut the door. And yeah. then he kept opening a bit more. It's like all of a sudden, uh, all of a sudden they're in separate countries having phone sex and she's just like, can, yeah, amazing. Yeah, but they're perfect. There is no reason why. The yeah. pair of them don't just kind of have the next 10, 15 years of just having whatever they have on their own. I think they're a power couple, you know, as, 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 as Joe said in the interview, she, she, Jerry sees him as a protege now. The nickname for the couple is Groman, which I think is a Groman. <laughs> it sounds kind of weirdly, painfully sexual in any way, doesn't yeah. it? In this episode, when he suddenly they're shoved together again in a room and he's going, 
well, there's a bed over there. You know, we could just, you can't tell me that you're not thinking about it. I mean, I'm so much younger than you. But how much could I shag you? And she's yeah. just literally sitting there. You can see this twinkle in her eye. Finally, all three of us are going to make a guess at what the final scene of season three is going to be. You can change it as the weeks go by. You can you can change your mind or you can stick or you can twist. What's the bit where we just go, don't stop now? Uh, Grace Dent. Uh, the final scene of uh, episode 10, do you think? Do we think I think it's 10? nine. I think nine? we're in nine episodes. The final ten. scenes of episode nine will be Kendall and Naomi Pierce, who are still together and probably have got married in a massive coke haze yeah. at some point, <laughs> joined forces. They've ta- they'll have had loads and loads of success in doing whatever, rising to the top, but have probably invariably killed some more people, probably okay. in a helicopter or something at this point, and they'll probably need Logan to come along and save them. Amazing. Chris? Okay, so my, what my first thought when, when you mentioned this was the thing, if they're going to try and top the end of season two, which I think would be really hard for what it's worth, Yeah, it's got to be... Kendall's crash that killed that waiter. That's got to be the card Logan's going to play if he really wants this problem to go away. Yeah. That is, that's the Chekhov's gun, right? That's going to have to drop at some point. I could see them doing ending the season with that. I'd love Logan to do a press conference mirroring the one that his son did at the end of season two. Might be a little bit oh. on the news for Jesse Armstrong. I sort of, I sort of think that it might not, it might be a bit too formulaic. I think the, the, other alternative is that it doesn't end on a big cliffhanger, that it, they're going to zig where people expect them to zag. Um, in which case, I would just want a montage of Jerry tastefully decorating her new corner office as the new CEO. And we just see her polishing the nameplate and, you know, getting the humidifier set up and misting some plants. And then we cut to black and you think, yeah, okay. this company is in safe hands. Jerry's in charge. Roman is her deputy slime puppy there's a new era of waystar for what it's worth mine uh, based on no knowledge whatsoever i think the thing we're all forgetting is that these papers are the key to everything that is going on still mm. and they were mentioned a couple of times in ep one which is like where are the papers oh you don't need to see the papers. i need to see the papers <laughs> these papers wherever they are hold all of their all of kendall that's all of kendall's power because without that, it's just bullshit. Mm. So I genuinely believe that sadly, I think at the end of this season, Kendall is going to frame Cousin Greg and use him as his way back to Logan. Because for whatever reason, he's going to have fucked up. I think both Logan and Kendall are going to have to seek new buyers. Yeah. So, so Stewie, I think, is going to go nowhere. I think I think he's just a wrong one. I think so. Whoever the I think we've got Alexander Skarsgård to come and Adrian Brody to play kind of like both of those are going to play huge kind of roles moving forward. I can't remember what roles they're playing. I think one of them is a financier. I think one of them is like a startup bro, and I think yeah. one of them is like an activist billionaire. Right. So so I think both of them are going to be kind of courting these buyers so that they can own their own manner, so to speak. And Kendall's going to fuck his up. Somehow is going to be caught up shit creep without a paddle. And the only way back into the fold is to, there has to be a blood sacrifice. 
and mm. that blood sacrifice unfortunately has to be greg with the papers i think that's that's sadly what i think is going to happen and i do think there's something in the only way kendall knows how to rule is by doing what's been done to him and so there is going to be a bit of like let's repeat the trauma that i've gone through the only thing he knows is to sort of inflict that somewhere else but one thing i did think about just hearing you say that is like i know jesse armstrong did a couple of interviews he did um the new yorker he did new york magazine where i work and he did say in both of those that nobody on this show learns nobody gets better nobody gets kinder nobody gets smarter and i do think it's nobody's going to be any better off than they were at the end of this last season and i think it is sort of this escher staircase of people just tormenting each other and i wouldn't be surprised if when the whole thing ends everyone is exactly where they started because the show just seems to say like these people are you know, this 1% of the 1%, they don't have to get better as people. They're just awful. And yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, if like everyone is still fighting at the very, very end. Do you know, I think that's the absolute crux of the show and what makes it so enjoyable and so addictive is that never has having everything looked so miserable. You can sit in on your sofa kind of in your relatively humble surroundings and you can love the fact that they sweep in and 37,000 pounds worth of casual wear, you know, and they've got the helicopters and they've got you know, all these wonderful things. And there's, I mean, has anyone ever looked so miserable on a super yacht? Can I just raise something very quickly that Shiv, I cannot believe that in the center of a scandal about the fact that they hushed up people being se- basically sexually assaulted on a yacht by you know, with regards to the, the Roy family were involved, she would call in a beautician to have a threesome with <laughs> her husband. I want all these things to just explode like fireworks. Well, we haven't even mentioned Tom and Shiv, really. The tragedy of, of, of uh, Shiv yeah. saying that she loved Tom on the phone and Tom leaving her hanging. What a turn of events. Well, I think... Um, I don't think I know that we'll be talking more about Shiv and Tom next week uh, for episode two. Uh, But until then, uh, we will also have Alan Ruck, uh, the wonderful uh, Connor, who uh, I also managed to call Cameron twice uh, during the interview uh, because of Ferris Bueller. He was very gracious, uh, but I could see he was looking at me going, you dumb c***. Yes. <laughs> oh my face is red thank you so much for joining me enjoy uh episode two we will speak shortly after that airs ready for another episode of previously on succession boardroom grace and chris thank you so much thank you thank you Oh man, that was a whole lot of fun. Thank you very much to Grace and Chris. You can find them on Twitter uh, in all of the usual places. And don't forget, we'll be back every single week now throughout season three to discuss, deliberate and dissect every single disgraceful conniving going on in the Roy family. Thanks, of course, to all my friends at Sky Atlantic, HBO and Premier PR. If you'd like to get in touch, just do so. I can be found on Twitter at Jamie East or at Previously On Pod. Uh, and don't forget, every single morning at 7am, you can hear me on the Smart 7 podcast. Just search for that in all the usual places. The number one daily news podcast. This has been a Daft Doris production. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. 
And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.